I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's time. Mr. Mark Hughes. Uh, konnichiwa, Quebec. Welcome. I love sushi. Yeah, this is the place. That, well, you're in, you're in Vancouver, right? Don't you guys have a lot of sushi? Best sushi and best Chinese food. Really? Everything else, everything else, fucking subpar. You know who else says that they have the best Chinese food? Who's that? China. That's what they say. It's one of their one of the selling points. Fucking imperialism, man. Just I know they're probably not wrong. They just call no. it food over there, but they're probably not wrong. So how we you been, have- man? I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. Things are, you know, like we were talking about, like BC is on a, it's, it's like a quasi lockdown. It's not quite as bad as what is going on for you guys. Um, it's just, um, oh, one sec. We're going to glitch up here. Just oh. hold on a sec. Oh, there we go. Are you back? Here we go. Just said, uh, there we go. Um, we're, um, we're, uh, back. Um, BC is, it sounds like it's not quite as bad as, uh, like you can go into a restaurant now and sit down. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. And, um, a limited capacity and there was comedy up until about a month ago, again, limited, but it was, it was actually, it was comedy for the summer. So from the end of May till about a month ago was more fun to do in Vancouver than it had ever been. Okay, well, we had some comedy for a while, a couple of months, summer months, all the way leading up to end of September, and it was fun. And then they just shut it down October 1st, I think, or right. the first week of October. And then since then, it's just been uh, one shutdown after another. Right. Um, what was happening here is all the loser comics, so I can't fucking stand, were too scared to like go out, and they, they were all shaming each other into not doing comedy, because that's their new thing is... They're social distance warriors now. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. You think they could keep this up for a lifetime and and do us all a favor? I I hope so. I hope they all get COVID. (laughs) Uh, And anyway, it was it. So and also the people who were coming to comedy, like the audience, were people who were just cool. Yeah, they just wanted to laugh. Same here. When people were actually coming out in the summer, you, you got good, good crowds. Wait, and yeah. I'm curious about a couple of things, but I, I want to touch on that. So over there in Vancouver, because I didn't have that here. Comics were trying their best to get out and do stand-up. So in Vancouver, I guess there's comics that were talking shit about other comics that were doing stand-up because they were going out to do stand-up. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so just to give it some context. Okay, Vancouver's probably the most toxic comedy scene in Canada. Really? Right? Yeah, one of the problems is, unlike you guys, um, Montreal... I've noticed, I mean, also because you guys have the French industry, you got, it's more professional there, right? So, there, and there's less, there's more, it's not as small. 
Um, it, it, there's more. Uh, the pie is bigger, as it were. There's it than Vancouver, like, really? No, 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 no. Where you? Where okay, you are, yeah, yeah. Quebec. Here it's tiny. So, so our pie here in reference, like our pie, you think is bigger than Vancouver's pie? Not, not English speaking. Okay, okay, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. You're, you're right. You're in, your English speaking comedy does. It's not that big. I've no, noticed. but French, yeah, it's its own industry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Here, in English speaking comedy in Vancouver. Okay. Uh, Vancouver, I would say, by and large, has more comedy, English speaking, than uh, Montreal does. For sure. Like you, you could, you can get up on stage in Vancouver at least once a night to do comedy. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's Whereas good. I know in Montreal, it's not like that. Outside of outside, of, there's how many clubs do you guys got there? English. One. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. We we only have one, but that's because the yuck yuck shut down because of COVID. But there's all the satellite rooms. There's there's lots of indie rooms. Yeah. Okay. Here's the problem in Vancouver though. It's extremely political. Very political, and the comics run all those rooms too. I, it's probably not much different in Montreal. Like the people who produce and promote the shows are comics as well, right? Yeah. Well, we're lucky. Uh, you know Sugar Sammy. Uh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. So his brother, um, his brother Sid actually runs um, a nice little, actually a couple of venues, and he's not a comic, but because he understands stand up. It's it's great to have a satellite room like that because it's multiple rooms. So because of him, when everything's open, you'll have multiple chances in a week to be on somewhere. That's great. And you know what the you know what the best part about what you just said is he doesn't do comedy. Yeah. Because then he can't. Here's the problem with Vancouver: all the comics, all the people who run the shows, or a lot of the shows are 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 run by. Well, it's 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 diff it's changed now. So historically, it was run by comics, and the comics had influence, like they were all promoters and stuff like that. So, because they want to get stage time and stuff like that, the politics, yeah, it, then yeah. it's not about it gets corrupted, right? And then it's all this social high school statusy horseshit. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. And then, but that's it. There's not really much else here. And then, unfortunately, here. Uh, there's also a couple of fact a couple of people who run shows that are similar to what you just described. They don't do comedy themselves, but they they kind of moved in and were saw, hey, wait a minute, these people like you can push them around. They'll work for free and stuff like that. Oh they, no, yeah, yeah. It's because it's at the end of the day, Vancouver may be the third largest city in Canada. But as far as comedy goes, in spite of what I said about the volume of shows you could do, it's small town. That's the problem. It's not like here. I, I think the French helps because it's they're so proud of arts. They like to support the arts. So it's not as obviously it's nowhere near the same level in English here. However, that kind of love for the arts does trickle down a bit, and then it's in the mentality of like the locals. The not as much though, because in English it's it's a whole different. Thing. it's nowhere near as good as the french but it's just some of it some of that essence still exists what i will say though is that uh the audiences here are great in vancouver vancouver actually gets this reputation for having the worst audiences oh nah, really that's that's bullshit it's just it's it's and anyone i talk to whether it's music or uh burlesque Stripping anything in Vancouver, it seems to have this same problem where a small amount of people have control over everything. And it's not again. This is all nickels and dimes and peanuts. This isn't real industry stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just. Anyway, I'm only back here because I was living in Toronto for a while, and I'm only back here because uh, just before COVID, 
because I'm a Canadian entertainer, I have to have a real job, right? Yeah. That, 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 there was a, some stuff that came up, and my job is based in Vancouver, or was, and they said, we need you to come back. Anyway, I have that all sorted out. As soon as fucking Alberta, the restrictions lift in either Alberta or Ontario, I'm leaving. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, why, uh, why Alberta? You can make more money there. Okay, because I like Alberta. Uh, Alberta's great. Have, yeah. you ever, have you ever done comedy there? I've never done comedy. The last time I went to Alberta was in 2004. So I wasn't, okay, I was 18. Yeah. Uh, Alberta, it's, if you're based out of either Calgary or Edmonton, there's just a lot of like road work and stuff there. And because it's Alberta oil, et cetera, I mean, it used to be. Who they have money. Gonna, yeah, they have money. And Alberta is similar to what you described with Quebec. People have money. They own all their houses. They all have two cars, and they're like, "Hey, that's something to do." Yeah, yeah, they'll Blue spend the money. Mentality, yeah, it, 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 and, and they're not. Most of them, they're not fags. Like, yeah. they just they'll laugh if it, the joke's funny, and and they're good. They're and um, what losers in Vancouver do is they go, "Oh well, they're all racist out there." It's like, well, oh, for Alberta, that's, that's not true. Yeah, yeah, no, it's total bullshit. Yeah. I I always go, well, that's why I go there. Yeah. <laughs> We have a we have a congregation. Yeah, no, um, but Alberta is a good place. I probably am ultimately. I want to get back to Toronto though. Okay. But fuck Ontario's like you guys right now. Who knows how long till that gets back to even close to normal, right? So I don't know what the fuck normal is going to be anymore. Because in these big cities and in these big provinces, it's so hard. Just because if you see like let's say the cases spiking in numbers. All it does is cause panic and everyone that's working in the public like, well, what do we do? How do we handle this? You know, it's it's different in small places where you can isolate it. Now it's you just see a bunch of numbers and you're like, all right, fuck it. Just shut everything down. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I know. I don't know what they'll do. Going to take the vaccine? No, no, no. I'm going to avoid it as much as I can uh, until uh, I guess I have to run away. Just be. I just want to wait. It's more of I want to wait and see. Uh, if anyone's had, because I'm hearing now about allergic reactions, but I don't have any allergies, so it, it's not really what scares me. I, I just want to see long term, because I don't know enough about it to uh, to to say something smart. All I know is that initially they were telling me it's impossible before two years to have anything safe out there, and then now it hasn't been one year and they have something out there. So just going by what they initially told us at the beginning of this, I'm gonna take my time. I am going to wait and all these social distance warrior types who scream at you if you leave your house and you're killing all the old people. I'll be like, hey, guys, go take the fucking vaccine. Let's see what happens. Yeah, you be my guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are the responsible ones. You go do it and see what happens. What's funny, though, is a lot of people I know, even what I would call like normal people, like not very political, just average people who go to work. I'd say at least half or more of them don't even want to take the vaccine. No, no, this is not even a political stance. Yeah. I, I know people who are a hundred percent stay in, be safe, don't kill people. It has nothing to do with that. It's not. I'm not saying the the virus is fake at all. It's the opposite. No, no. What I'm saying is I don't, um, I don't know enough, so I could be confident in the abilities of science right now to be able to make something this quick that could be safe for us. When they themselves told me less than a year ago. Anything that comes out before two years will probably not work or won't be safe. Or So I'm just going by their logic, and I'm going to take my time. Since I, I'm also in the category of people that are not in danger of dying if I get COVID-19. So I wouldn't risk it. 
Because he's got a big cock, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, we're not at a risk. Anybody in that no. uh, group in that category is not, <laughs> is not at risk. <laughs> they they call they call me the needle dick. Because yeah. after you're done with me, you'll have autism. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. It, it it's interesting though because usually okay, I have a bunch of friends. Like I'm involved in all kinds of stuff, right? So I have a bunch of friends who say that there's going to be nanobots in the vaccines, right? Okay, I've heard that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I try to debunk this on my live stream by just oh. stating the obvious. Do you know how expensive all that stuff is? Why would they put it in every Tom, Dick, and Harry? What? Do we, and also, the whole monitoring you. This, this right here, dude. Right now, our entire conversation before it even goes online is already being recorded. Everything I type is being recorded. Anyone I see, anything I do, they know everything. They don't need to put nano shit in a vial. I, I think so. It, exactly. I, I, I'm on the I'm on the same page with you with that one. So I have like my hardcore conspiracy theory friends. Then I know people who are like, no matter what the government says, it's 100 percent correct unless it's something <laughs> against black people. Right. And then. But what I'm noticing is, OK, so you get the two extremes, right? Yeah. But the people who are regular people just kind of. Again, it, 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 they're not really. They don't watch Alex Jones, but they're not necessarily CNN diehards either. They're just even living they life. Don't want it. Yeah, even they don't want to take the vaccine. Yeah, because that's fucking weird. But that's, that's for me. That's weird. For yeah. me, that's a sign that in I guess the general consciousness of people, there's that thought of wait a second. We were told initially nothing before two years will even be safe. So don't don't even imagine a real world before two years. So a lot of people didn't forget that in the beginning, you know? And a lot of people are like, well, you know, judging by the percentages, even if I get it, I won't. There's more chance of me right now getting fucked up by taking this than of getting COVID. So I'd rather not take this right now. I'll, I'll wait. You know anyone who's ever had COVID? Yeah. yeah. A couple of people. You know anyone who got any, really sick from it? No, uh, well, here's the thing. One of my uh, comedian friends here, and he's one of the toughest guys I know. Uh, I have to call him up, actually. I was going to invite him to do to do a podcast. He apparently, out of all three that got it around him, he's the toughest guy. He got it the worst. He was out for like two weeks, you know? Right. Last I heard, he was back to normal, but I haven't. And then the rest is kind of like people telling me, you know, there's a lot of people dying, but all the people dying are always you know, in that uh, danger category, either by age or diabetes or respiratory uh, diseases. So I haven't seen anyone that's been run the mill, super healthy, young, that got and died. I, I personally haven't witnessed that. It doesn't mean it won't I've, happen, but I haven't seen it. I've known lots of people who've had it now. And it ranges, when I ask them, well, what was it like? It ranges from, ah, I was kind of sick for a couple days to I was really sick for two weeks. Yeah, or, you know, breathing. That's the fucked up thing is that everyone handles this differently. That's, I think that adds to the scariness of the whole thing. Because then for sure you're nervous. Because if you see two people and one guy's like, yeah, I walked it off in an hour. And then the next guy's like, yeah, I need a respirator. I almost died. You're like, wait a second. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to handle this. So it's, yeah. I, I made a decision because when it first happened, I had to drive back to Vancouver from Toronto Again, and it had nothing to do with COVID. Was that five days? I, uh, if you don't, if you only stop to sleep, you can do it in four. I did took a week because I stopped in Edmonton for a few days. That's fun. Um, yeah, it was cool. Uh, 
because at, at early days, no one knew anything. I didn't know if it was going to turn into the fucking Road Warrior or, or Mel, you know, Mad that's, Max. That's what it looked like. That, right? No, you couldn't fucking tell, right? So I made a decision that, okay, I, I, I'm a recovering heroin and cocaine addict. I spent most of my life in prison in my, from teens to 30, approximately. I've been out for a long time. I've built a life. I've fucking worked my ass off. I said, I'm not going to fucking be scared of this. And whatever comes, comes. And if I die, I die. I don't give a shit. I've had a good life. I'm okay. Like, if I, if I died right now, I've lived. I don't regret it. I've lived everything. I've, I've, I've done everything I was capable of doing, and it wasn't for laziness or I didn't try or anything. And any bad shit I've done, which I've done plenty of, I've atoned the best I can. The best I can. Nothing but, you know, there's, I, I can't un-rob un a bank. Yeah. I can't un-home invade someone. But I've done my best to turn my life around as best I can, right? I'm not going to live in fear of this thing. You unsuccessfully robbed a bank? I successfully, well, no, I unsuccessfully robbed a bank. And because I, uh, it was based, I, I, I have a dumb joke about it. I said, when people say, well, what was the bank robbery like i was like i was like a aggressive panhandling yeah. right because i was so fucked up that i uh, i was high on heroin it was a speedball do you know what a speedball is? yeah yeah, yeah. dave yeah, mustaine yeah, so, was doing that all the time yeah 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 so yeah. coke and heroin and i was really fucking high on heroin and i just didn't you know i was i i i, I just her, that let that be a lesson to your kids fucking heroin will alter and in and, and impede your ability to rob banks it'll ruin your life It'll 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 make it'll make it so you can't get the job done. So yeah. the teller gave me a die pack and fuck, I didn't get any money. And then also that when you open it, the die explodes on you. So I shoved the fuck. Okay, here's here's the robbery. This is it. Oh, this is good. This get is to, good. Get get get. No, no man, I, I hate to call. I'm gonna I'm gonna. It's gonna be a total fucking letdown. Okay, so I get to the counter and I'm like, this is a robbery. Give me fifteen hundred dollars. Well, is that how you said it? That's it. And you asked for an amount. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> Well, because I'm a humble drug addict. And you pull out your card I, from this account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from my dad's account. Uh, so I, she gave me uh, she gave me a wad of money. I stick it in my jacket. It's about 20 feet outside the door. Pink smoke starts coming out of the jacket. Oh, fuck. So they had the money. They have like a, I guess, a stack ready to give away to potential thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And I forgot what I'd learned in prison with all the fellas worked uh, strained themselves trying to teach me is you tell them no die pack and I forgot all about that because of heroin <laughs> don't do drugs kids um, and I just threw the money away and then the next day I got pinched so how'd they catch you the next day because I was on parole and they sent a still shot again I, this was aggressive panhandling a still a still shot of my uh, the, the, the surveillance photo so they took a still a picture of it and they sent it to all the parole officers in the province oh. and my PO went oh that's Mark so you you didn't even go there masked up or disguised. Nah, uh, this part's okay. What happened was, I'd been out of prison. I got parole. I'd done about five and a half years, and I was out for about six months, give or take. And I just wanted to go back to prison. I it was I just I couldn't handle it out here. It was too overwhelming. And so what I wasn't happens? Breaking the law. I wasn't breaking the law or anything. I was trying to go straight, but I just I just I couldn't fucking make it work. So when you come out after five years. Yeah. There's, there's, what's life like? Like, there's no prospects for you. There's, no, everything's just different. 
everything's different. The other thing, it's not just that I've been in prison for five years. That that's that's a that's a big factor. But my whole life, from a kid, a child, had been criminal drug addict and institutions and stuff. I'd never learned. I didn't have basic life skills, right? So then I get out and I wanted to go straight for real. But I have this record and I'm trying to socialize with people and I don't want to tell them where I came from. Uh, and like, yeah. you know, you're talking to people or girls or something and I don't want to tell them, but I can't relate to them. And then it starts looking weird. And it's not just in my head. It's like this guy, something's off with this guy and his story doesn't make sense because I'm lying to them about where I've been. Like, oh, for five years, you yeah. don't know this. Yeah. And the, I don't know what the internet is when I get out of the joint because I got out in 2006, right? Or 2005. And I, the internet had become popular while I was locked up, right? So I don't get pop culture references. I don't get this. I don't get that. And it just starts, oh, basically, what happens is there just starts becoming a rift between you and other people. And you psychologically, spiritually, even, you're just isolated, right? And then what happens is addiction feeds on that. And eventually I reached out to drugs to take the edge off. I'd been clean for a number of years. I got clean in the joint. I reached out to take to do drugs just to take the edge off. And then when I do drugs, I start robbing shit. Boom. Right. But you think subconsciously you're like, I kind of hope I get caught. It's like a- no, not even subconsciously, consciously. So I'd started shooting dope again. And I remember when, when I started shooting dope, I was like, this is going to end bad. This is going to end bad. And I went, why don't I just rob a bank and have a little party, but do it in a fall down way where I'm going to get caught that way? Because I figured at the time my math was if I just get caught for the one bank, I won't get caught for a violent crime spree like what happened, what I was on parole for. Right. So. And that makes it because the violent, I I was just going to ask the violent crime. That stays with you when you come out and then getting jobs is impossible, right? Yeah, and I already had all that. So I was doing, when I, just to give it some context, I was on parole from an eight-year sentence for a fucking two-month crime spree, which involved a bunch of armed robberies and a violent home invasion, right? And I, because I was trying to go straight, I didn't want to do something like that again. And in my dumb fucking drug-addled, immature juvenile brain i thought this aggressive panhandling is not really that dangerous or violent and it will give me it's but it's just serious enough where it'll give me enough time where i'll be away from society for a long time that was so you wanted to get the fuck away from society was i never thought i'd lived i never in all my years of doing crime and doing dope and do and all that i never thought i'd be one of those guys who commits a crime to get sent back to jail on purpose people do that all the fucking time a lot of them don't have as much awareness or insight as maybe i did or won't admit it yeah but it's not cool when you get back to the joint you don't admit that that's what happened you just oh fuck someone ratted me out oh i don't know how i got caught there's an undercover cop right but yeah it's uh and during your crime spree for those months, were you alone or did you have a crew? Just alone. Really? Sometimes I'd do something with someone, yeah, but it, it, the lifestyle is not one that lends itself to having partners and stuff. That's like what I was that. thinking. Also, you got to share the money, and I don't want to do that. So. Yeah. So mm-hmm. was it a successful crime spree? Like, if you had done the crime spree and you weren't on drugs, would you have been, like, successful or it wasn't even it's that all, much? It was all fucking Mickey Mouse shit. That's the problem, and it's careless, and you're all fucked up. And none of them were worth it. Even if even there if I had go. been on drugs, none of it was worth it. Like it was all I got eight years for a home invasion that I got sixty dollars out of. 
Oh my God, come on. Yeah. But you said it was violent. You beat the shit out of people. So that was one where I had a guy with me. He beat the shit out of the, this. It was like a, a, a bunch of people in a house, a family, right? So he beat the shit out of the dude. Uh-huh. I held a meat cleaver to his throat. It was at three in the morning, scared the shit out of everyone. It was, and it, what happened with, after I did that crime, it was the first crime I'd ever committed in my life. And I've done lots where I went, okay, I went too far. Yeah, that's that fucking crazy. Yeah, that was too, even the drugs couldn't take the edge off of it. And I went, and that was the beginning of the end of my criminal lifestyle. It took a, like beginning of the end. The end took quite a few more years, but that was it. What happened to the other guy? I don't know. Oh, we, shit, we, you, you parted we, ways. We got the money. We went downtown Vancouver, got dope. A <laughs> couple fixes each is all we got. Yeah, it's 60 bucks. Yeah, and then split ways. I never... I saw him a couple times in jail, like the remand center. He was in for something else, though. Like, he, he as far as I know to this day, he never got caught for any of that. Interesting. I never... I, 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 I never... Like, they knew I did it. They knew I had a partner. They tried to lean on me to give up the guy. I just said, no, man. I'm, and I just pled guilty to it. I said, fuck it. You're not going to lean on me. I'm pleading guilty. I don't care. Yeah. And that was the end. And then they dropped it. Because often the cops don't give a shit as long as they have a conviction. Yeah, and I, I heard that. I was willing to plead guilty. So. Fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, man. God damn. And then in jail, was that when you first got in there, was that a culture shock for you or did you feel at home? No, I just took the edge off by raping people. Good. There's this, That's one strategy. <laughs> Only white ones, though, fellas. <laughs> South will rise again. Um, <laughs> Wait, what? When you when you got in jail, were people threatening to beat and rape you, or was it no, chill? No, that's bullshit. That's all. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah. a buddy. I have a buddy yeah. who, but he went to jail in the states. This was years ago. I, I have I seen him in a while. Actually, this this will probably piss him off. If he hears this, but um, he went in when he he was probably in his early twenties, and he did like a cross border crime. It was this whole fucking thing, and he's the only one from that crew that. Went to jail, but in the States. And he thought, because he saw movies, I'm going to be the tough guy. I'm going to go beat up the toughest guy there. And I guess he stood up to the wrong person. And he, the rest of the time that he was in there, it was all beatings and rape. Right. Be- because he thought that he was Eminem. He had, all he did was step up once and they beat the shit out of him and raped him mercilessly. All the white girls just got wet after you explained that. It's just Beatings cool. and rape. No, no, but it's just because some people, everybody thinks it's a movie. So this guy's like, I'm just, I know how this works. Dude, dude, you're alone in another country in the prison system you don't get. I've, I've interviewed lots of ex-cons from all different places for my podcast. I've only ever talked to one guy who described the prison system in um, Alabama. Oh, how's that? Being, it's like what the movies oh, fuck. are like. But but you know what I mean by the movies? I don't mean like because there is a lot of violence in, in a lot of prisons, depending on yeah. the country. Yeah. I mean just in his head, instead of thinking, well, if it's like the movies, then wouldn't the bad stuff still be possible? This guy's like, I'm gonna be the big dog. Oh fuck! And, Jesus Christ. and he's yeah. a twig. He's a fucking twig. So he stepped up to the wrong person, and then, yeah. dude, he's and he was a changed man. Ever since he came out of there, he was a wreck. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck you up. Uh, I've o- so I've only ever talked to one guy who who's who described a prison system like you hear in the movies. Anyone else I've ever talked to in in the states and up in Canada, all this like Aryan Brotherhood versus this and rapes and nah, oh, I haven't seen any of that. I got friends that were in jail and that didn't happen. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, there, I mean, there's cliques and stuff like that and like. Uh, the way I describe it is people go, what's what's racial shit like in Canadian prisons? So I can only speak to the ones I've been in, which are on the West Coast. 
there's all kinds of races in there, right? It's mostly white because it's predominantly a white country, right? Um, but so, and in BC, we don't have a lot of black people. There's just not, there's not very, I mean, thank God, right? But, um, <laughs> uh, uh, people aren't going to, people aren't going to get that. My fans will, will get the joke. Other people are going to yeah, be like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. I need the heat. Uh, at Mark Hughes comic, if you want to tweet storm at me. Um, so, the, like, okay, so there, there was, like, in one joint I was in, there was, like, six black guys. They okay. all hung out together. Yeah, well, cliques are always like, going to form. That's it, it, You just kind of hang out with people who are like you. Yeah. It, it, it's just a natural human tendency. But was there beef and war and tension? No. Like, I got a lot no. of friends here, too, that have been jailed, but in Montreal. Yeah. And I've, I haven't heard... One guy got beat up, but it was his fault, and he knows it. But I haven't heard... Like, I heard, like, uh, you know, they were eating fucking desserts and shit. Like, it sounded ridiculous to me. It's 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 pretty good. Uh, it's not too bad. Like, if in prison... If you go to prison... The rules are actually remarkably easy to figure out. Some of them don't make any sense, but oh. if you just don't break that rule, like for example, don't flush your toilet at night. People go, what the fuck? What if I take a big disgusting shit? Don't flush your toilet at night. The reason is, is because the toilet's really fucking loud. So you're going to wake yeah, up at, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But just don't do shit like, don't, don't disrespect people. Don't, don't break any, like don't, no whistling in jail. You're not supposed to whistle in jail either. Okay. Right? Explain that. I've never heard that. No one knows why you get a bunch of different reasons for it. So one of them is it, it's 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 one of uh, one of the myths or urban myths is the guy uh, the guards would whistle as they were taking the guy to the gallows. Okay. Another one is birds whistle and birds are free and we're not free, so don't remind us of freedom. That's stupid. Yeah. Another one is it's just annoying. That's that that I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That you know I have I have to go back to the toilet thing. I have a question. So okay. let's just say you're in a cell and you take, like you said, a huge shit at night. Yep. Are we preferring disgusting smell for the entire evening? Everyone's happy with that instead of a flush? Uh, yes. So what you do is in most prisons I was in is you'd find some kind of, you know, there's always, you, 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 prison is a very industrious kind of uh, in, innovative place. So people would pe get like a piece of cardboard or something and you just cover the okay. toilet. And then it doesn't smell. Okay. So then, it's happened. When, yeah. Then, then, yeah. Then as soon as the cell unlocks in the morning, flush, and that's it. No problem. Interesting. And what about the guards in Canadian prisons? The guards in general, do they beat the shit out of people for no reason? Nah, 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 nah. Basically, it's like two different worlds. They're there, and we're here, and just there they are. And if they they come in, and if they catch us shooting dope or whatever, or stabbing someone, then they, you know, they grab do us, some. throw us in the hole. Yeah, but other than that, they just, they're just there to make, they're basically just there to make sure you don't escape or kill people. That's so, it. So it, it's kind of like high school. Or not, it's like elementary yeah. almost. It, but you're not beefing with them either. It's just this kind of, oh, yeah, there's, hey, hey. like though, if we were sitting here talking in a cell right now, just shooting the shit, and one walked by, because they go do rounds, right? Yeah. Just look, just look at, oh, hey. You're not buddies with them, but you're not necessarily going "fuck you, pig" or any of that. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. That that would yeah, lead yeah. to beatings. Yeah. If I was a correctional officer and you're just talking shit, I would uh, beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Why not? I mean, if I'm a correctional officer, that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. Like Rick Ross, that's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of those guys, and then he faked it. Yeah. He's like, no, "I'm he's a gangster now. Shut up, yeah, buddy." <laughs> who was it who called him out on that Fifty Cent? I think Fifty called him. Call, out yeah. On that. Yeah. Dude, speaking of calling people out, 
So, because, um, you know, Mike, uh, yourself too, you had that whole fun thing with Woods, Danica Yaniv or Yannicka Baniv or Jessica whatever. Yaniv, Jessica Yaniv. Jessica Yaniv, who wanted to have a pool party with 11-year-olds without their parents. That fucking yeah. psychopath. Um, yeah. So you're no stranger to this, you know, controversy and just people overreacting to shit and sometimes underreacting. Like with that case, I feel like general population with your thing underreacted to an adult wanting to have an unsupervised pool party with children. But I'll get to well, that. Yeah, but, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, in a second, because if anybody knows, it's you that understands more details. But I was, uh, you know, Count Dankula, who oh, yeah. basically went to fucking jail for uh, for a joke. So That was a cute video, too, man. Yeah. and Did you see? You saw it, right? Of course, the pug video. Yeah, and he, yeah, the, yeah. just the training in getting the pug yeah. to do that. Yeah. But So I saw one of his tweets, and he was talking about Frankie Boyle, who has been mentioned to me a lot by people. And I didn't know that this guy is out now. He was supposed to be, from what I heard, an offensive comedian, just a comedian that would push the envelope. Because whenever I hear offensive comedian, I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds goofy. Offensive comedian. Just be a comedian. I hate, I hate, I hate those fucking terms. I hate You know why I hate them? Because yeah. sometimes I'll say something funny that to you might be offensive, but to the next mm -hmm. person it won't be. You know, it's just the way the humor line works. It, I, it, it's also a way I've noticed. I don't know if you deal with this as much, but me definitely. If, if people will start, he's edgy. He's it's, offensive. He's dark, but then it marginalizes you. Yeah. And a buddy of mine noticed it a while ago. He says, even though I'm funnier than most of the comics who call me dark, it turns you into a sideshow act. Yep. And and I don't like it. So my my uh, just sort of interrupt your train of thought. Hold hold that thought. I'm holding my little form. My little form of activism in comedy, just a little bit, is I refuse to allow myself to be called dark or edgy. Anymore. Okay. Good. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I, you no, get what I'm comic, saying. Just a comic. No, just comedy. That's all it is. It's funny. Is it funny or not? That's all I care about. You could, because I've been categorized as, a, you know, like they'll say dark or gallows humor. I'm fine with that. The problem is that, okay, it could be a subtext. You could say someone has, I don't know, lighter humor. Like, let's say, um, let's say Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan, also very funny dude. Jim Gaffigan and I, different types of jokes. Both comics you know, okay, I'll take this person to a Pantella show, I'll take this person to a Jim Gaffigan show. But he's you can't deny that he's hilarious and he's you know he's a great comedian. But we have different jokes. But the reason why I don't like to when they go you're pushed the envelope or you're edgy is because all comedy, including Gaffigan, is edgy. Because that's what makes it funny, right? That you're tipping. The second it's not and it's just like, what's the deal with blue shirts? They're blue, then that's not funny anymore. That's just you making unfunny observations. Yep. That's that's my issue with it. So if you're unfunny, you're gonna try to categorize someone as X, Y, whatever. I I, I have so many thoughts on this, but I want to hear what you have to say about Frankie Boyle because oh, I am okay. quite familiar with Frankie Boyle. So I wasn't familiar with him, but people have been my buddy Robert Sheehan, who he's an actor, like he plays on uh, like Umbrella Academy on Netflix. He I think he was the the first person to tell me, "Have you heard of this guy? He's in the UK. He's very funny. You'd probably like him because your sense of humor." So I see this tweet from from uh, Dankula. And he was basically saying, and then I went to look into it, he he was talking shit to Ricky Gervais because he goes, Ricky Gervais pushed a line, he's not a comic, why does he make fun of specific people? Why did he make a trans joke about Caitlyn Jenner at the oh, Golden Globes? Stuff like that. Man. Why are you targeting people? But as far as I'm concerned, I don't care whether you consider yourself an edgy comic or... The reason why I like comedy, I make fun, and com comedy is you make fun of everything. I make fun of myself, I make fun of Greeks, just like I'll make fun of Algerians, I'll make fun of Canadians, Quebecers, everyone because we're all in on the joke we're fucking around it's comedy the second you create a protected class like that are you saying for example are you saying that caitlin jenner can't handle jokes or that trans people can't handle jokes because caitlin jenner was also on roasts and is able to clearly handle jokes it's not up to frankie well, boyle to decide 
who's a protected class or not. And look at look at the shoulders on her. She can handle a rope. She, oh, she can know? handle, dude. She can't handle fucking driving, but she can handle a yeah. goddamn joke. That's right. Uh, so so it's it just, it just it, it's, when I see shit like that, it drives me crazy. Because, like, wait a second. Now, are you saying that there's a certain group of people that are less than? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yes, exactly. That's it, it. Have you ever heard the term soft bigotry of low expectations? I have not, but I like this term. Okay, so Google it when we're done. It's how it's how liberal or leftist types, generally speaking, uh, uh, are bigoted. So for, here's a classic example of soft bigotry of low expectations. You walk into a grocery store and you see a black guy working there. Okay. And you go, oh, Mike, I'm so glad that you have a job. I'm so <laughs> happy. You, you, That's absurd. That, yeah. Or like, or like speaking over another group. You know, white liberal. Oh, white you're talking women about white women, shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't want to. Oh, okay, yeah, you got me. Liberal <laughs> white women speaking, but that's soft bigotry of low. It's treating low expectations where it's like you think they're so brittle and fragile that you have to protect them. You don't. It, it's dehumanizing because it's like, no, no, let them. Did the trans person? Did a trans person get offended at the joke? Okay. Uh, or they didn't. Oh, so why are you offended? Yeah, it's for it's, example, right? But not even that. It's just in general. The, there's there's a big difference between actively trying to let's say hate someone yep. and a, a joke. Yeah. Like there's a big difference between let's fuck around because we're joking about it. We're all aware. Let's yep. put it all out. Like Caitlyn Jenner jokes. The reason why he did it, the gold. He made fun of everyone. He talked shit about pedophiles. He talked shit about the industry. He talked. It's to me, and and this guy Frankie Will. What fucks with me is that why did he just do this shift? Obviously, the dopamine fix. You love the retweets, you love the likes. Because I could go out and say some crazy shit like that too, just to get likes and retweets. You know what I mean? But I won't believe it. You know, I believe that personally. I believe that we should make fun of everyone who gets it. Anyone that could understand. You know, I'm not gonna make fun of a brain dead person to him because the joke's not gonna land. But anyone who gets it, of course they're fair game because we're all in this together. Let's fuck around. I used to watch Frankie Boyle. He used to have a show. What's it called? I, know, I, I can't remember. If you look it up, he, it was a show on BBC. Like a sitcom? One of those. Uh, it, uh, sketch. Okay. Was it good? Yeah, sketch show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, the Brits can, can laugh. And he made fun of drug-addicted prostitutes and fucking killing them and st- like all kinds of shit, right? <laughs> it was great. I'm a drug addict. That's yeah. hilarious, right? Well, you should write him a letter now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it then then he released a special a couple years ago, 2018, something like that. People are like, oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Opens with Trump jokes, man. I'm like, oh, he went political this? right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and it just, hey, man, joke about whatever you want. I'm on the same side as you are. But if you're bashing Trump, it better be the most fucking original joke you ever fucking heard in your life, because it's all been done by now. It literally all it yeah. Gets fuck- Late night talk. I'm not saying anything original here. You know this, and your listeners probably know this. Late night talk shows hosts have cut. Co- they have teams of writers writing Trump jokes. Just Trump jokes, to the Bash. point that now, if guys like me talk about Trump on stage, no matter what I say, it's automatic. Oh, this guy's uh, for him or supporter. Because this is a joke that I was doing. I don't know if it's gonna have any effect now when we open up about how people were mad at me for following Trump on Twitter. And I was explaining how if you're on Twitter and you don't follow Trump, you're not doing Twitter properly. You should just get off Twitter. He's the funniest person on Twitter. 
And then we'll yeah. talk about how he replied to regular people. You know how he's the only, he's the president of the most powerful country on the planet. You could tweet him with, you should be ashamed of yourself for putting kids in cages or whatever. And there's a small chance he replies with, go fuck your mother. That's great. You know, it's a great time. But I would have people that would laugh. And then after people would be like, what's, uh, you know, why do you support Trump? Why are you following him? I go, well, how do you not understand the joke of, if you're on Twitter and he's on there and he's saying, he's the president saying crazy shit, he's the person you should be following. You should monitor that. It's hilarious. But now the word has become a trigger. So I wouldn't put that on a special because it's not going to age well, you know? And all the Trump being orange, all that shit's been done. I can't say, I can't give anything new. There's no new perspective. Only president in the history of the United States that you're allowed to make fun of solely based on his skin color. <laughs> That's we were funny. one president too late, bud. Yeah, yeah, one president too late. If we were yeah. able to get away with it before, eight yeah. years of jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, to speak to that, okay, why do people, why is Trump a trigger? Why can they not contextualize? Why do they not catch nuance anymore? Why is Frankie Boyle one of the most successful comedians outside? He is like, if Ricky Gervais, I don't I don't know. This is, this is, people could probably say I'm wrong on this. Let's just say for the sake of argument, Ricky Gervais is the king of fucking British comedy. Okay. I know he's, it, let's just say, right? Yeah. Well, he's Frankie done a lot. Boyle, yeah. Frankie Boyle's one step down. He's fucking huge. In, okay. In the UK. He's in the UK. He's a fucking yeah. rock star in, in the UK. It's crazy I, how that shit doesn't always translate here. Like he's that big yeah. and I had only heard about him, you know, peripherally. Dude, it's, it's amazing. Uh, um, I think what happens to people, especially celebrities, once they get into a certain, uh, once they they're allowed in, in certain parts of the mansion, as it once were, they're in the group, I think that it's a brainwashing, and I think it's because especially most comics are kind of like, you know, they want approval. Yeah. Right. Um, That's what the audience think, laughter is, right? They're right, approving yeah. the joke. And I noticed there's certain comics who want approval from their peers more than they wanted even from the audience that's what vancouver's full of they they're they're telling jokes looking at the back of the room the whole time they're, it's, it's it's actually disgusting because that's weird they're not pay, they're not they don't care about the audience like so if a uh, if a comic kills but the comics didn't like it it's like this what or if a comic even worse though dude if a comic bombs but the comics in the back did like it it's really fucking pathetic. Anyway, that's that, weird. I, could go, I, I bash Vancouver all the time. We're, we're that's weird, though. That's, that's, you, yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah, describing yeah. psychopath behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what happens at the upper echelons is that. that. I think it's a, it's a larger, more uh, wealthy and powerful version of that. I think guys get in to the, uh, to, 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 to the fucking in-group in Hollywood, and then they get scared of losing it. Okay. I think it's what happens. But how the you know what this surprised me about this guy? I I don't know a lot about him, but from what I know, he made his career himself, being himself, doing his type of jokes. So there's nothing they could take away from you. They didn't give you anything, dude. I think it's brainwashing. I think social media fucks our heads up too. So to be to be compassionate yeah. towards anyone, I think I'm, social media fucks us up, right? I think it's oversimplified. Uh, I think it's that yeah. dopamine fix of the likes yeah. and the retweets. And I keep telling people that the the danger now in society is I, I know. People in not direct circle, but very close to my circle that I've had discussions with because they'll ask about podcasting and all that. And it always goes back to the same thing about likes and followers. And all. they're more concerned with getting likes than the substance of what they're putting out. You know, it would be like if someone would tell me, look, if you just change your podcast and you do a fake Greek accent 
and your podcast is uh, Funny Times with a Greek and you just act goofy, million followers. I wouldn't do it because it, it wouldn't be fun for me, you know? But there's a lot of people that I even know that would be like, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Let me get these million followers. But it's, you know, it. what does it give you, especially in creating-wise? You're not creating what you want to create. Right now, I'm fucking super happy. I'm comfortable. I'm creating the stuff I want to create. And no one can take it away from me because it's a direct thing I have with fans. Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Uh, here's People tell me all the time, uh, Mark, why don't you tone it down? Here's the one. Here's the, here's the classic line. Mark, why don't you just tone it down and play the game until you get famous? Then you can do whatever you want. That's not how okay. it works. Okay. Because then okay. you would have become famous through other means, which means that they'll pull the rug from under you the second you shift. For Okay. First of all, this is all a fucking lottery anyway. You can play the game all you want. You're probably still not going to get famous. Yep. First of all. Second of all, what you just said. Third of all, okay, if I'm just going to approach this rationally and go, okay, the most I can ever expect is some fun while I'm doing it. Yeah. Maybe a couple bucks here and there. Maybe seeing some smiles on people fa pe people's faces. And maybe, just maybe enjoying the process. Why the fuck would I take the only form of payment I get from it? So whore myself out and don't have any fun and not and then still not win the fucking lottery? Crazy. Fuck you. Doesn't fuck make any sense. Shit, man. Fuck. Hey, man, I don't care if all I ever have is 30 fans, but I'm having fun. Yeah. That, that's it. I'm not, I'm not even saying I'm this guy with huge amounts of integrity. It's math to me is all it is. I mean, I, I, I just... I do this. People say why ask me all the time, why do you do comedy? It's because approval, yeah. I'm like, I'm not any different than anyone else, but I like going on stage and being able to say what I want. Dude, I lived in I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'm addicted. Yeah, me too. Me too. Completely addicted to everything, the, the writing, the testing, the going on, and all oh, that didn't work. Let me try this next time. I'm completely addicted to fucking with people, you know, on stage, be like, oh, how come this isn't working? Why isn't this? Let me see if I could tweak this and trigger them. I'm completely addicted. I traded in the syringe and the gun for a microphone. Oh, I believe it, so, bro. <laughs> uh, but it's also because I was in prison. I'm, I'm big on freedom. Me too. And liberty. Because I know what it's like to have your freedom taken away. I know what it's like to have your fucking speech actually censored by the state. To have them control what you're allowed to, 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 to the media you're allowed to consume. I know what it's like to have them control what media you're allowed to like they read your letters and they'll fucking send them back to you if they have something if they don't like something in it right holy shit i know what it's like to listen to a music and them go we're concerned that the music you listen to is, isn't part of your rehabilitation program so i got out i earned my way out of out of prison i earned my way back into society busted my ass to become a productive well hmm, well you're you're a comedian yeah, i don't know how law, productive law, you are law, yeah, but you're a law-abiding law, citizen Law-abiding, I don't break the law. And I don't rip people off. I don't fuck yeah. anyone over anymore, right? I don't do drugs. I don't do anything. Good. I am not trading in a physical prison for a spiritual or psychological prison. I'm not doing it. And if they said, okay, well, then you can't do comedy, so be it. Yeah. If they somehow made it so I cannot do comedy, okay, fine. I'm not. You can only do it like this or you can't do it at all. I'm not, doing, I'm not it. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've turned down gigs like that, too. I've turned yeah, down gigs yeah. and, and it wasn't integrity wise. And then yeah. it was just like, well, I can't, you, you I'm not going to have fun. You asked me to go somewhere and talk about shit. I don't want to talk about. 
what they say to me is, can you tone it down? I'm like, dude, you saw my toned down version. That's as toned down as I get. I don't have a tone. This is what I do. I also right? don't like that because I don't know what that means. Because again, everyone's different. Everyone's different. R rule of thumb. I don't know if you deal with this much where you are. If you walk into a room or a show and they go, okay, you can joke about anything you want, except one, even if it's just one thing, guaranteed there's more things that are going to be a problem. Gar Gar I remember I did this one in, in, on, in a suburb of Vancouver, and they start. it was a new show, just an indie show, and they said, because it was the Bible Belt, they said, you can joke about anything you want, just nothing about abortion. Within two months, the list had grown to a bunch of different things. So, Well, I, uh, I guess side note, years ago, years ago, years ago, uh, my buddy Andy, he he was a comedian too. Now he stopped, but he had he wanted me. It was like a, not a fundraiser. It was a birthday for a, a woman who was I think dying of cancer, an old old woman in radies. And he's like, yeah, they just want you to do some stand up. They like your shit. Just come do like twenty minutes. I was like, oh shit, cool. And the day that I I got there, I showed up there. He, the guy comes out. The guy was in charge. Like, hey, uh, thank you for coming. This and that. Uh, I don't know if he told you. And he hadn't warned my buddy everything. He goes, just uh, you can say whatever you want. Just don't talk about Jews or the gays. And here's the thing now, I'm like, what the, that's such a weird, and I look at, I don't think I even have any Jewish or gay specific jokes. I go, but what, like, are there a lot of gay Jewish people in there? He's like, no, no, none. And I'm like, well, why are, and then I, I just started to get in my head. I was like, I don't want to fucking do this. This is weird. Like, what a weird, arbitrary thing to say about people that are not even there. Like, just weird shit. And I remember my buddy apologizing. He's like, dude, I didn't know this. I'm fucking sorry. I was like, this is so strange. Like, I don't know. Now I want to open with gay Jewish stuff. That's all I want to do. I'm a rebel. Yeah, that's what's it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm like you though, man. It's not. It's not always about like integrity necessarily. Although I'll, I don't. Okay, yeah. I don't not have integrity. It's, it's just same. that I want to have it, fun. It, but it, that it, I want to have fun, and also, I'm also thinking like, if you're trying to get me to do a gig in your, you start off with like content restrictions. I'm not the fucking guy for you anyway. That's I'll what I say. Find a guy. Yeah, I'll why get me? People. I'll give you yeah. 10 people that are better at, at yeah. what you want than I am. Oh, but I, I love what you do, Mark. But did you, you don't. love what I do, why at? Yeah, yeah. there it is. I, I, and I, this is a fresh story that I'm going to share. It just happened last night. So the only comedy club in Vancouver that's, well, it's not open right now, but still exists. Okay. Yuck, yucks, yuck, yucks. Is What's it called? Yuck, the mix or the zone or some shit? Uh, that one's shut down. Okay. The, 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 the Latest one is called House of Comedy. Is it any good? I guess so. I so can't a, get on it though. Oh, you can't get. That's can't a good get, name though. No, I like no, the House no. of Comedy. It, it's run. It's run by Rick. Bron oh, it's owned by Rick Bronson. I've heard. I, I this guy yeah, is yeah, from Montreal. It's, 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 yeah, he's a chain. He has a chain um, in the states and. Oh and yeah, yeah. Stuff, that's yeah. why I know. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Is he? Anyway, is he? A, is he a good dude? You ever speak to him? Never. I don't know the guy. He's just the owner. Okay, so yeah, he's not there for the day to day. Yeah, yeah. So the booker is someone I've known for seven years. So anyway, a couple months ago, this happened. This is the type of shit that happens to me all the time, right? Um, and I, I'm telling this story to get to another thing that just happened last okay. night. So a couple months ago, I moved back to Vancouver. Comedy opens back up in May. I emailed a booker who I've known for a long time and I would have considered a friend. Can I get on the show? Can I get a, can I get a middle spot? Can I get a middle spot? I just want a middle spot or anything. An MC. I'm not a headliner. I, I, I fully admit I'm not a headliner, but can I get some paid work because I thought, okay, finally, a friend of mine is in a position that they could actually hire me. Finally get a reply back. Yeah, okay, we'll give you a fucking middle spot. Mid-October, I think it was. Couple weeks before the show, I get this email 
saying we've had to remove you from the lineup and there aren't any other spots available, but maybe I'll let you know in the new year or something like that. Now, okay, I've had lots of reschedulings over the years. They do not use terms like remove. Yeah, but why? So I, me, again, I know her. She's, she's a personal friend. I said, okay, just level with me, right? Like, this sounds political. I hear something's off with the way you're saying this, right? Because usually when they reschedule, you've probably had this happen. Sorry, Pantelis, this weekend doesn't work. What are your other dates? Or they give you alternate dates. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Can't do, can't do this weekend. Can you do the one before or the one after? Yeah, Some, yeah. Someone's coming in. They're, they're bringing their own people. Sorry, bud. You probably have that happen. Yeah, it's happened. It's happened. Had that. Yeah, same, right? They never say remove, and they never give no other spots. Yeah, I've never yeah. been removed from a lineup. I, I've been removed before. Okay. But they've said we've had to take you off because we got complaints. That's what I usually get, right? But I got this sort of weird hybrid version of that. So I asked her flat out. I said, did someone complain? No, 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 just scheduling stuff. And I go, and she goes, But what's, oh, I was already scheduled, I was already booked. What's the scheduling conflict? That's the thing. I couldn't get a straight answer, right? Anyway, we ended up getting in a fight because I said, listen, you've, I've known you for a long time. Can you just fucking tell me? Basically, more polite than that, but I was pretty blunt, right? And she goes, that's it. I'm not fighting with you. So anyway, last night I got an email for a private uh, Facebook DM. Really love what, from her. I haven't talked to her since. I'm not asking for spots anymore because I could tell something smells rotten, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm moving anyway, so I don't give a shit. Really, she heard me on another podcast where I was just explaining troubles in comedy and I was, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Uh, that part doesn't really matter. And she goes, I love that you speak the truth. I love what you do. I love your hustle. And I said, yeah, but what? The, long, I'm condensing the conversation. Yeah, but yeah. I was, I was like, but... I, it sounds like you let politics to make decisions for you. They're like, no, oh, no, no, it's not. I said, well, why was I taken off that lineup a few months ago? Well, you see, sometimes the headliner, you know, he brings his MC and opener with him, which is not true. On that one, the MC and opener were locals. Okay. And I was I was booked. Fucking, uh, uh, and then she goes, and sometimes I've got to rearrange things. And I said, well, why would you, like, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense how this all happened. But I really love what you... And she keeps on doing this. I really love what you do. I really love what you do. I love what you do, but I can't... And I said, and it's like, but you can't do anything for me. Yeah, but I really love what... You keep it up. You keep hustling. You keep grinding. But you can't... You're like the one person in this city who could actually hire me to do something. And you're encouraging me and saying how much you love me, but you're not doing the one... Object, objective observable behavior that would show how much you actually support me. She's the reason you didn't want to live in normal society again. Right. <laughs> and dude, I, I'm not, I don't want, I don't know, man. I don't want to sound like a whining or a martyr, but I get tired of that shit. Like people not standing behind what, like I, I don't. Yeah, it okay. gets frustrating. I believe she does like what I do, but I believe there's factors that play into why she can't hire me. If she just told me strat, flat out, you cause too much trouble with the comedians, they don't like you. And, oh. and, and we, we, if she just told me that. So are you beefing with I, everyone in Vancouver? There's no comics that you get along with? Pretty, pretty much, pretty much. I can't get hired on most <laughs> And it's, dude, it's not even because I fight with them. It's because I don't play the game mainly. Yeah. And I call out, I call out bullshit when I see it. Because I got nothing to lose, so I'll do it. You know what the difference is here, at least? Because I do the same, but I have... There's still a lot of comics, like a lot of good comics here. So, like, 
I still feel like I have a home. Like there's comics and we'll, we'll get along. A, you, have, you have people who have your back too, right? Yeah, I do, I do. I, I don't really have that here because again, the biggest problem if I had to sum it up is it's small. So in Vancouver, let's say a couple people don't like you. You could lose half or more of the spots because they might be scared of booking you because then they might not be able to get booked or they'll say, oh, you're booking Mark Hughes. Do you support racism? They pull shit like that. But Mark, right? so, you're here in public right now because they yeah. they like to misconstrue everything. Are you or have you ever been a racist? Well, does the day end in why? Or? <laughs> I was about to say why take so long. <laughs> Yeah. No, but like the reason why I'm saying that is because you know they like to take shit out of context. But in context, I'm I, I, like flat out right now. In context, are you a racist? I already know the answer. I know you're not a racist. We've already met. But I'm just saying, why does it? Why does taking an out of context joke hold more weight than what the actual person is saying? Dopamine on social media. Okay. That's what I think it all starts there. If, if we had to say what's the problem with society, I think it's actually that shit. I, I full, you can call now. This might be the part where your fucking listeners tune out. Cause when racism doesn't work, when they, they figure out, they're like, Oh fuck, he's not a racist. They'll just find something else. Dude. Here's the thing. Here's, here's my plan of action these days. You don't care. You just double down. You're fucking. <laughs> yep, man. You're right. Cause here's the thing. As far as they're concerned, I'm racist and transphobic anyway. You're racist and transphobic if you don't vote fucking for... If you're not loudly voting for whoever they say you have to vote. If you're I'll not, do whatever the fuck I want. If, if you're not burning down police stations, you're fucking racist. So <laughs> if they go, you're racist, they go, yeah. That sounds like Jew talk to me. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, I well, just lean into it. You yeah, might yeah. as well. You might as well, because it's it's... Also, I'm always hoping, like, especially if it's online, if they're like, you're racist, and I lean into it. It's, I hope it's funny, the thing I say, because I'm a comedian. I hope it gets retweeted and shared and stuff like that. So the people who, you know, the guys we want showing up to our shows. Show up. I may speak on your behalf. Go, hey, that guy's kind of funny. I like what he says. And yada, but there's yada, so yada. many idiots out there that don't get it. Because it happens to me on Twitter, too, where people can't. You know, the nuance they won't get or sometimes just it's my fault, too, because out of context for regular people. And they're like, what the fuck is this? You know, so there's a lot of that. But for you, I, I know the kind of shit that you're going because I've gone through with certain people that just like to talk shit. It has nothing to do with context. It's it's purposely they know the truth. It's purposely let me find something that I could take out of context to make it look like this because they have no other argument. It's It's also I find people who are I remember people used to say this to me. And I didn't believe it because I'm like, fuck off. I'm just, I'm not, you know, like, come on. I've only been doing this a few years. They'd say they're jealous of you. I'd say, what is it? Uh, I got nothing, it's man. Not, yeah, it's not fucking, that. Yeah. It's just yeah. sometimes because it's not even me. It's not because anyone's jealous of me. It's yeah. just you find someone that you don't like for X, Y, Z reason. And then you're like, well, right now in the world, this is good ammunition. If I use this bullet. Luckily for me, because there's so many videos or so much, like a lot of the stuff doesn't work because there's proof positive of the opposite, you know, yeah. racism or uh, homophobia. It's not, it's Why not, it's not fucking drug dealer was black. Okay, there you everybody. go. But it's not me as a person. So when that comes out, I laugh about it. Cause I'm like, this is so stupid. You might as well go online and be like, this guy doesn't have a beard, fake beard. It's just as stupid to me. It's just, if you say that it's just as dumb to me. So I don't care as much anymore, but uh, so in the city, like where you're in, that could bury you. That could just bury you, and then that what it did. You can't get gigs. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I can't get booked anywhere.
So, and that's fine. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because I remember when I came back, I moved to Toronto because, again, same thing. I have no real allies or even, even my friends. I don't want to throw them under the bus too much, but they don't have enough pull to do anything. Yeah, they're what are they going to do? They're in the same boat I am. Yeah. I don't blame them. It's just, I do kind of blame them because it's in a general way. No one specifically, because I, I, one of the reasons that this person, the booker was telling me how much she appreciates me is I was on a podcast talking shit and naming names, right? And what I wasn't just talking shit. I was, because it was a podcast that I know local comedians will listen to. And it's just like, guys, if you guys all just started a show, 10 of you started a show, these people who fucking are charlatans, snakes, and bullies wouldn't have power. That's true. Problem solved. That's all it would take. But no one does it because they're lazy. On the West Coast, they're lazy. Everywhere, no everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, is it everywhere? everywhere. Okay, yeah. So they're not industrious. That's part of the like, curse uh, of being comedian. You have to fight the laziness. Right, right. Guilty. Yeah. Absolutely, right? Um, I just had to be industrious because I knew uh, what from the get-go I couldn't do much comedy unless I fucking started my own shit. My biggest problem these days, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't want to be a comedy producer, though. I want to be a stand-up. And I don't want to have to produce five shows a week and worry about that. You know what I mean? Right. Do you, you ever produce shows or you? No, I well, once really. in a while back in the day when I was starting, but it's just, it's too time consuming for like, look at me now with all the podcasts, the writing on the, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. And in a city like Vancouver, unless you produce shows, you're fucked. You can't do it because they just won't book you on shows. It's and just, if you want done. people to show up, you can't just produce it by putting it together. The marketing, the pushing people, the con it's it takes so job. much. Yeah, it's a full time yeah. job. So if I would do that, I wouldn't be able to do everything else. I, I always tell people the reality is you can only serve one master because comedy, just stand up alone. Never mind your podcasting, never mind your social media presence, never mind working on jokes. Just the fucking stand up yeah, takes a long time. Yeah. And then you're doing also, call me a bit of a romantic. I don't believe, I mean, and I, I realize we are where we are, and this isn't fucking 1980s L.A. with agents and managers, but I don't think we should be uh, producers. I don't think You're that's right. the best use of our skills or our talent. I think guys who are good at that. I would have no problem in an ideal world. I know this doesn't exist, but if someone were to be like, Mark, I'll get you booked on shows if you give me money to do it. I'd be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, of course. That's what an agent is. Yeah, exactly. We just don't. Do you have them in Quebec? Agents? Yeah. Yeah, agents, managers. It's just like in Quebec we have agents, but most comics don't have an agent or a manager. Like I have an uh, agent for acting. Right. And I just now recently, well, it's been a year, but on and off, that I have a, a, a guy who's basically my manager who uh, tries to hook me up with gigs, but him, it's not, I, I do all the stand up myself. Even for the agent, the agent, she acting gigs in French, that's her job, and I want mostly voice work. And him, it's uh, for my writing stuff, scripts. Uh, so for stand-up, it's true. For stand-up, I do it all myself. Yeah, I guess because there really isn't enough gigs for it to be profitable for someone to do it for us, right? I guess would be the... Even when I go to the States, even I yeah. do it all myself because, look, back in the day there was this, um, and hopefully this motivates you because back in the day there was this kind of hierarchy. Like even for any club, you have to yeah. break into a club. Well, not your style of break-in. Uh, ah. you, you break into a club, you start doing weekends, you start middling, you get enough time that then you could headline in other cities. So you headline in your city, then you go around and they'll book you and then they'll pay you whatever they pay you. But that's because it's the only way to get known. Nobody knows you in other towns. Because of the internet, everything has changed. Your new billboard is the podcast or social media. Some people are just excellent at sketches. You build up a following online. You figure out where they all are. You're 
in all likelihood, they're normally nearby. Like mine, it's very much um, U.S. and Canada, but even in the U.S., it's all like tri-state area, New Jersey, Boston, New York, all that stuff. So you, you kind of know, and you put together your own tours. Nowadays, clubs before Corona, uh, bars, all that, most of them, most of them that we contact when we were doing my stuff even in French here, some of them won't even charge you to book the place because they're going to make money off booze. So there's apps like Eventbrite. You can sell your own tickets. You pay your own crew, your guy at the front door. You, you bring your own friend to be the MC. That's what, you know, what I would do. You organize your own tour. Nobody's stealing from you. Your fans come directly, so it's cheaper. Tickets are normally around 20 bucks because they don't have to pay 30 because you're not paying all this other shit. They, they, you decide the venue. You could put on more shows if the venue's not big enough, you know? And even if half the people show up, you still made money or you broke even. You're not going to lose because you're, you're not paying the venue, you know? Or even if you do, it's 80 bucks. It's nothing. And you make a small tour again, and you become bigger and bigger. And then if the clubs want you, they'll pay you to go there. But you don't need them. You could go into a city. Like if I want, I could go to Ottawa. I don't need to go to a club. I'll just rent the bar. In some ways, these days, it's probably better not to go to a club. Yeah. Usually, I found the club, uh, there's a lot of conditions attached to it or they want too much money. They're like, oh, no, we'd love to have you. 750 to rent the room. It's like a fucking bar. It's the same size. I'll do it for fucking nothing. Yeah, right? for nothing. So- and some uh, bars, what I what I had, which is crazy, is some bars, not only will they not take money, they'll even give you, they'll be like, and you'll get 30% of the sales. So you're making money no matter what. So nice. why not do it yourself? Promote like crazy, do podcasts so you can get your, your views up and people could see who you are. And they're like, I like this guy. I want to go see his stand-up. And basically that's been my path for the last five or so years. Uh, well, I've been doing comedy seven going on eight, but that's like, I have a little fan base. No, the, it's not a bad one. Yeah, it's, but it's, you have a little fan base because you worked at doing something online to get them. None of this right. shit is given. No, no. And uh, so my my fans are basically, they're based out of Vancouver, BC, uh, Alberta, some in Ontario, and the States. But I can't go to the States, so I can't fucking count. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask about the criminal record. So are you yeah. fucked forever? Pretty much with maybe some faint hope, but yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I applied to cross the border. Okay, just cross the border. Yeah. Never mind green card or any of that shit. Just cross the border. I can't even cross the border. I can't even go down there to buy fucking gas. That's crazy. Nothing. I'm not allowed to cross the border. I applied in uh, 2017, and I got the decision in 2018. Spent fucking three or $4,000. I can't remember exactly. Let's just say $3,000 with a lawyer and everything just to hear a no. Fuck. So... It's basically, this is what I'm going to have to look forward to every few, like, and you can apply again and you can apply again and you can apply again. The problem is I have a really bad record, right? It's really bad. And it's not just that it's a bad record. It's not even like just one really bad crime and then nothing. It's for years from 1995 to 2006, conviction after fucking conviction after conviction. I have over 40 convictions, right? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I was really good at crime. Um, I've over. 40 if you were really years. good, you would have zero convictions. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I mentioned Boston. I'm not good at math either. Uh, they look at what they look at mostly when they're looking at my record to let uh, if they're deciding to allow me in is not even the severity or the they yes the severity yes the volume of convictions. What they're most concerned about is the pattern of re of the the pervasive what they call the pervasive pattern of reoffending. So what they say is a basically a chronic offender. Like it's like you're like, you're like you're like you're a madman who can't help. What's the likelihood that you commit a crime once you cross the and, border? And dude, okay, imagine you or me. 
this is our job. You get my record in front of you. You're just a bureaucrat who wants to go home at the end of the night and fucking watch TV. You get this fucking monstrosity of a criminal record, and it's on you if you let me in. Yeah. And I go to Vegas for a weekend and have a drink, and then all of a sudden I start robbing people. Yeah. That's on you if I if you if you yeah, let yeah. me in. I don't blame them. I really don't. Yeah, yeah I right? get it. So, I'd be like, fuck yeah. this guy. Stay in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's easier it, if if I had that job. I'm not. This doesn't sound like it, I'm not talking myself up here, but I'm realistic about the thing. I'm not the guy to take the chance on on paper. Yeah. I'm not. On paper, yeah. On paper, I'm not. If you've never met me and you don't know anything about me and you're just stamping yes or no, my my case is not the one to be like, I'm going to give this guy a second chance, right? So will I ever be able to go to the States? Who Maybe one day, but... It's a magical is, place. You're missing I, out. I, I know, I know. The problem is, is not the problem. The rea Here's the reality. Okay, first, in life, you have to live with the consequences of your actions. True. If I... I should have thought about a lot of this stuff before I robbed banks and committed home invasions, okay? So I have to live with the consequences of my actions. I did those crimes. I have a record. That shit never goes away. Okay. Very mature outlook. Fair enough. Very mature perspective. But you cannot live in dreamland either and go, okay, I'm going to make all my plans in life around one day maybe being able to go to the States because yeah, that's no, dumb no, no. too. Yeah, no, no. You, that's have, why I'm saying I, you build I, your shit here. Right. Also, I can go to Europe. I'm an Irish citizen by birth. My dad, my dad is an Irish citizen, so I get that. I'm entitled to Irish. Dude, go to Ireland. Dad. Most of what you described on drugs is a Tuesday over there. That's right. Yeah. And because I'm an Irish citizen, Ireland has the best of both worlds uh, today. Who knows? I can work legally, work legally, work in UK and the rest of Europe. I can yeah. I can legally work like you should taxes. I feel like you should be allowed to go to Australia, too. That whole place was fucking founded by goddamn I can, criminals. I can pretty well go anywhere except the United States. Okay. So there so, you got options. Yeah. What are we talking about here? I, the only reason I haven't done any of this shit yet is with some stuff with comedy, I want to take my time. Like, I don't want to just move to a different continent five years in and go, oh, maybe that comedy was just a phase. Oh, yeah. That you, you, know, you know what I mean? I also want to be good. I want yeah. to be really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, so, if you're going to go to another country, you better fucking be good. I better fucking knock it out of the park the minute I get there. You know what I mean? Or you're going to be also, that garbage foreign open micer. Yeah, yeah. I also, you're going to be Gustav. Yeah, yeah fuck. <laughs> also, you know you know this game. I want to make sure I know a couple people who can at least go, yeah, Mark's good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because it, 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 that helps. I, I hate... It, it, networking has a kind of a dirty connotation to it, but it's not. It's I like, like networking. Yeah, it's good. I just don't like it when it's like the Hollywood schmoozy. Like sleazy. Variety, where it has nothing to do with what it. Uh, this is what happens a lot, I notice, uh, in Vancouver. It has nothing to do with how good of a comic you are. It's how good at schmoozing you are. That's the kind I don't like. Yeah, well, I mean? the, for stand-up, in a real city that has real stand-up, that yeah. doesn't work too long because... There's no money in it because the audience won't come back. If you keep putting right. on shitty acts, the audience can be like, "I'm not coming to this fucking shit show anymore." Right. Exactly. So your talents, but be, hey, before before I let you go, we we said okay. you're gonna talk about the pool party. Explain okay. that to me. Okay. So I have this guy who follows me around and tries to get me canceled, and people sometimes think it's me, but it's not me. So it's not me. It's his name's Mark S J W Hughes. Okay. They say, no, it's you, Mark. It's Mark Hughes. It's just SJW in the middle. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's not me. Anyway. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's Mark SJW Hughes? I thought that was you. No, that's what everyone thinks. It's this guy who looks like me and sort of sounds like me 
if you took t- estrogen, like estrogen and hormone blockers and then identified as a woman. Who am I following? He, Who am I? Am I following the wrong Mark Hughes? He has, he has his own Twitter account and he fucking poaches my followers, man. Uh, anyway, he broke into my podcast studio and interviewed the famous Jessica Yanov. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. This guy, this guy. Yeah, yeah the yeah, men yeah. are rape so, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I follow him so, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zer, them or whatever. Yeah, anyway, I follow Zer. So he's a he's a Jess, Jessica Yanov. For those of you who don't know, is a trans activist out here. Okay. Activist who sued. A but I've seen of, her. She's not very active. No, and it's she's fucking pretty gross. Yeah. And Yanov was suing a bunch of waxing salons and private estheticians for That's, not waxing his balls. Yeah, I remember right? that. I remember that. Because they said like, they only like, do women. Yeah. And she and, said, and then, then Sue, oh, yeah, yeah, Sue, I remember. And Sue. And so, so just like Mike is being brought, got brought up in front of the, the human rights thing. Yeah. Yanov was bringing women who didn't want him in her, their house with their, his balls out to whack. That's what it was fucking fucked up, man. And the trap, the, just to put the story, a, a pin in it for a second. The biggest travesty of this is how the fuck did it even get far enough where there's a hearing? Yeah. That's what's fucked up. You know, the, anyway. That's it's a circus. Society, that's fucked up, right? Shouldn't anyway, people have the right to be like, yo, I don't do balls. Like. And that was, but these days we live in clown world, Jesus right? Christ. So it, it, anyway, luckily enough, Yanov lost the case. However, the Obviously. problem was, the problem was, is the adjudicator for the fucking human rights tribunal even admitted if it had been in a roundabout way, if it had been a more um, likable, for lack of a better term, person <laughs> might have gone a different way. Because the problem was Yanov is, does all kinds of things. Was, 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 uh, lobbying to have a underage pool party for in in a suburb outside of Vancouver called Langley for children to be able to express their gender identity and no adults allowed like yeah remember what the fuck was that and yeah that's 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 it that's literally what happened and so I believe Yanov is deranged I believe Yanov is okay with all this gender identity laws and all these things Yanov is someone who saw, hey, wait a minute. You mean if I just say I'm fucking trans, I can, like, people will be too scared to say anything because they'll be afraid of being called transphobic? You think trans people will beat the shit out of him one day? Yes. Yeah. Yes, trans people are fucking... Because doesn't that things- fuck up a cause? Like, that's just, yeah. like, you're taking advantage. Yeah. One, one of the sad things is, though, after Mark S.J.W. Hughes interviewed Yanov, because Mark S.J.W. Hughes is a fan of Yanov, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's fucked. He's fucked. Mark has yeah. he was deranged, right? He, we need to find uh, out what his real name is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. It's um, I have some dirt on Mark SJW who's that I'm going to release one day. I'm just putting the case together. Anyway, um, I got messages from people going, "Good job." I mean, again, it's not me, guys. It's Mark SJW who's they're going, "Good job." Like, I got messages from like trans activists and social justice warriors and stuff like that. Like people I know, and they're like. I'm so glad that you did that because we're scared to s- criticize Yanov publicly. Oh. This is how bad it is, is even people who are like activists are like, we're scared to criticize this because we're afraid of being called transphobic. That's how fucking deranged it all is, right? So you hold, if a, tra- a real trans person is going to be called transphobic? Yeah, like a self, oh, they'll be like an Uncle Tom, an Uncle, an uncle Trans. That's, I guess, that's so fucked. Yeah, man. And all I'm going to say, people, is 
I'm not saying people got to fight this in the streets or fucking <laughs> any of that stuff, but I think we have to put our foot down and go, okay, I'm not playing this dumb game anymore. I don't believe any of that shit. I think you just got to go, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not. I, I'm, I think people have to be, I think, unfortunately. I think you have to be reasonable because I'm pretty reasonable with understanding if people are fucking around. Yeah, like this uh, dude, it was from the beginning was obvious because it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like a, hey, help me, you know, I'm trapped in the wrong body. I want to identify. It wasn't that at all. It was, uh, you said you only do vaginas. Well, for me, my dick is a vagina. Yeah. That's and just, now, now you're overdoing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's obvious. I'm just surprised that I didn't see, tr I thought in the beginning, what I had said when that happened is, dude, some big trans activist is going to come out and bury this motherfucker. But nobody they're did. Scared. They're too scared to, because it, it, they think it will affect the cause. And, and, and they're also worried that, some of them say Yanov kind of has a point. It's just the way he he's going about doing it. Doesn't doesn't like, have a point. Ah, man, you doesn't have be a point. More vocal than that. Yeah. Doesn't have a point. And that's the th here's what I say, and this is this is a tough sell, I know, but in some ways, I think a lot of people have to be willing to maybe be accused of certain phobics or isms. We have to be able, to, like, because that's what they're going to do. If you criticize anything, they're going to call you racist and transphobic anyway. So why? put up with all this shit like if, if the worst that's going to happen is i go hey i don't agree with you with that case and they're going to say well you're transphobic then so then fucking be it man i don't care that's fucking stupid Dude, i'm not i don't care yeah i've heard trans people talking about like let's say uh not understanding in the beginning and never feeling comfortable in their own skin and going through yeah. all this shit their whole life okay if i was trans and this cocksucker was pulling this kind of shit i'd lose my fucking mind just gives ammunition to the people who are like, let's get rid of all this trans stuff altogether. So let's let's. Which say that's not good either, because because no. that it, that's what I'm saying. That's what's fucked up. Because you're gonna you're basically punishing people who are going through shit because this one asshole, no one has the balls to stand up and be like, shut the fuck up, stop being stupid. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that, that, that's the thing. It just gives it all a bad name and it takes away its credibility. That's a that's 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 the reality. And 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 really, it it just. Again, I talk about this all the time. I read about this all the time. All it would take is a small percentage of the population, not even half, just to go, shut up, fuck, that, and that'd be the end of it. Yeah, but people don't, people are scared. Yeah, that's a, social media, dopamine, social media, dopamine. It's crazy that you, you would say that about something false. Like, it, you're like, well, this falls into that category. But it's not, the, it's not, it doesn't fall in the This guy's fucking around. Yeah. This guy's fucking around. I know, it, but... Dude, we, I mean, the whole episode could be de devoted to, like, why is society like this now? And <laughs> I have my own fucking frogs are gay theories and stuff like that, <laughs> right? But we're, we're, we're going to keep it light. Just bank robberies and tranny shit. That's, yeah, yeah, that's all it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so where do you want people to follow you? What do you want to get out there? Uh, at Mark Hughes Comic on everything. Uh, Links in the description. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm easy to find. YouTube channel, uh, Instagram, Twitter, although I'm Canadian, so Twitter isn't that pop. Do you find Twitter? I find Twitter's not that popular up here. Do you find that? It, most of the people that I interact with on Twitter, you are correct, are American. They're American. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To most Canadian. Uh, I've I've noticed this a long, uh, a, a social media expert told me one time that Twitter never caught on in Canada. How come? With average people. Just with average people. I yeah, I, I never know. Yeah. You just said it, so it, you know, it was like an epiphany. Yeah, most yeah. of the my interactions on Twitter are, are American. The only people who use Twitter in Canada are like politicians and like journalists and stuff. The regular people. I've I meet very few regular people who have a Twitter account. That's true. But uh, the most popular social media platforms in Canada are Instagram and Facebook. 
Facebook still, huh? Yeah. Yep. I I got uh, I got a bit a bit of following on Facebook. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's, where, that's actually where most of my follow YouTube and Facebook is where most of my fans come from. YouTube, I got a, a few too. But Facebook is getting bigger. Facebook's, yeah. uh, but I don't post that much on Facebook. I gotta I take more advantage of it. Yeah, man. Anyways, yeah, so man. Mark, I'm delighted that you came on. Uh, hopefully, people check you out. You're dropping podcasts and uh, yep. you're fighting the good fight. And uh, you know, my wish for you is that everything works out. You get to a city that appreciates you, and you can do your fucking stand up. Thank you, sir. And thank you to everyone who's fucking listening or watching. Thank you, guys. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just ninety-five bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block one hundred percent of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways too. Go to warbyparker.com/covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. WarbyParker.com slash covered.